All right, everybody, welcome back to the Woods Cast. I have already lost my outline, so we're doing good. There it is. It is Monday, March 29th, and this is a podcast for two dudes who are told their brothers. Uh, enjoy some adult beverages and shout into the void about this shit that you noobs call life. As always, everything is made up and the outline doesn't matter whenever I can find it. Um, one of those dudes is gone today. Shea Butter is not going to be here. So uh, in place of him, I have two other white dudes. That always helps. Uh, my buddy Adam and my buddy Phil. What's going on, guys? Going on. How are you? Um, I read somewhere that over the pandemic, like a million uh, new podcasts have been started. So, you know, haha to them. <laughs> we were doing this shit before. <laughs> and uh, I wish the thing about it being white, I'll be white dudes, is, it would, was wrong, but it's not. They're all white dudes. It's, it's not. I, I don't know. I mean, like, Phil wouldn't have been considered white like 150 years ago, back when we had, like, old timey racism against Italians. That's, That's true. true. Very true. Very true when, get, we, when we're doing that whole like a drop of blood meant you were black thing. That was, that was always, that's fun times, you know, good times, right? Ah, but I'm glad you guys could uh, sit in. Shay is um, off making his life better. He's actually he's applying for a bunch of jobs and he actually has to do some homework. So, no. He took the night off and uh, I'm happy you guys could sit in. We haven't done this in a while, haven't talked for a while. Got a lot of things to cover, um, some of which I understand, most of which I don't. Um, Adam, I uh, ha- actually got a, a plug for you. I mentioned to somebody that we were probably going to have you and Phil on. Um, I-, I said that you guys were from the Maggot Chuds podcast, and he didn't get that joke because, of course, he's done <laughs> not in our he's not in our uh, Facebook chat. But um, he uh, he said, "Are you going to have the lawyer guy on?" I said, "Yeah," and he's like, "Great," because he knows more about the law than I do. Um, so, Phil, I guess you and I are just worthless, and we're going to just sit here and talk while Adam gives us actual information. But um. I'm flattered that someone thinks I know stuff. Yeah, well, I guess I guess they don't know you that well. All right. So anyway, um, speaking of the weekly numbers, uh, we were kind of talking about this before. What's everybody got in their glass? I got I got a uh, what I just told you guys. I forgot about it. Shotgun wedding, uh, country boy shotgun wedding. One of my many trips to Kentucky. I picked up a shitload of beer, so I'm drinking that. What are you guys doing? Ice cold water. It's delightful. Uh, Wow. Sorry to be lame. Party. Uh, and I have some, uh, I have a Cuba Libre made with some uh, rum that is too bottom shelf uh, for me to feel comfortable disclosing it. That's all right. Fair. Okay. I, I got really drunk on, I think it was Jakeen's rum. That's like bottom shelf rum. It only comes in the big plastic bottle. And uh, it makes it really hard for me to drink just regular <laughs> light rum now. It's just, oh, it's like, oh, oh. Yeah. Um, so we uh, each have a um, each have a cold beverage. Uh, my keg popped. Just, I'm drinking cans like a goddamn pilgrim. But I installed a flow meter, so I was able to predict when it would pop down to almost the ounce, which is which is fun nerd stuff to do, um, especially if you're an alcoholic. But uh, I've got it rewired, and and uh, I just it's ready for another 1,984 ounces of uh, delicious yes. hops and gold as soon as I can get 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 out and get the keg. Yes. All right. Oh, man, smooth. We are in the uh, 68th day of the Biden administration. It has been 82 days since the last attempted coup of a free and fair election, and we are 383 days into a global pandemic. Um, and that was the first thing I want to talk about, because if I'm not mistaken, you both of you guys are fully vaccinated, right? Yes. Yep. Yep. And See? And I, I'm fully vaccinated. My wife's fully vaccinated. If Shay was going to be on the podcast, he would have said that like Shay got COVID. My brother got COVID. 
and um, luckily he had a very mild case of it, and um, he got it in the very in the most shay way possible. He got it partying at a brewery with a bunch of friends, so like somebody popped popped a positive test, and like you saw this like <laughs> phone tree of of drunken assholes trying to figure out who else had COVID because they all partied at the same bar, but. Everybody is, uh, I think, recovered by now. Shea had really mild symptoms, but like, currently we have was it 31 million cases in the United States, 563,194 um, Americans have died. That's 100, 187911s or 140 kilo Benghazis, as we say in the podcast. But all of our numbers are going in the right direction, and I, I'm really fucking scared to be optimistic about this because it looks like we're pulling it off. Well, and CDC came out, what was that, today, right? And said that some of these lifting of restrictions is showing trends in in certain areas of the country that are going in the exact opposite direction. I I mean, I I don't want to, you know, piss on everybody's parade, but um, in the past couple of days, we we have days to a week, we have been seeing a little bit of a, a resurgence in cases spurred they believe in part by the uh uk variant slowly becoming the which is more uh communicable yeah, slowly, becoming the more, slowly becoming the more dominant strain in the u.s uh, and also a lot of these dumb shit states are are spiking the football on the five yard line and lifting restrictions yeah uh there was a lot of talk about the border on fox news but they didn't really want to talk about how uh miami florida was gonna have to be shut down and guarded with uh tanks because of spring breakers were just going absolutely ass shit nuts shocked yeah fox doesn't want to cover it right well and then i read an article today which is like uh duh it was like um there's a resurgence in new cases in florida with young people who partied at spring break and i was like did we really have to write that up like did, 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 did somebody have to go out and like research that shit i mean come on now but Adam, you're right. Like the um, Texas, uh, I was trying to look this up while you were talking. But Texas is in Texas is one of them that repealed everything, and they are currently in the I think low and staying low. Yeah, Texas is low and staying low. They're on they're on a downward curve. Florida is high and in, in going up, but for the most part, our cases per day is is down. I mean, it's under cases per day is. Um, like under 60,000. I just wrote this out. I don't know why I'm trying to like suss it out all of a sudden. But yeah, cases and like the deaths per day is under a thousand. Yeah, it's um, and we're hitting 32, three, I'm sorry, 3.2 million vaccinations a day. Joe Biden hit a, hit a, um, he set a goal for 100 shots in arms and he, uh, in his first 100 days and he hit that at day 58. And so they upped the goal to 200 shots. Um, in arms by day 100. And we're, I guess we're going to see if we're going to get there. But we have a sizable amount of the population. This is like a quarter of the population is vaccinated now. And I guess our only problem we'll have, have looking forward is the is not so much getting vaccines available because we can do that now. Like we're pumping them out left and right. I don't, I don't know about your uh, West Virginia and Kentucky or, or um, Ohio, but a lot of the states are dropping it down to 16 and, and up. Uh, yeah. West Virginia has been 16 and up for about a about a week or two now. Um, West Virginia, actually, and I, I I will take every opportunity to brag on West Virginia that I can because we don't I don't get that opportunity very yeah. often. Yeah. But uh, West Virginia has, for the basically the entirety of the time that the vaccine has been available, kind of been the pace car for um, getting shots into arms, um, and 
you know, we're, we're not generally held up as the, the model of governmental administration, uh, administrative efficiency, but it, it seems like the, the approach of just get the vaccine out there and let anybody yes. and let all comers have it has been effective. Yes. Um, yeah, and yes. the states that, that got bogged down in, well, are we efficaciously distributing this vaccine? Well, yeah, one C versus one B versus, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's it, it was frankly nonsense, right? Like, I well, I and, understand why you want to prioritize certain age groups, right, and and focus certain uh, maybe comorbidities and things like that. You want to get them back vaccinated first, but at the same time, there's a there's a level of distrust in in vaccines generally, right? So if you can get a younger population vaccinated earlier people who are going to be a little bit more active and be a little bit more out and about just as it is why not allow them to get vaccinated early and and you know that's part of that is the the, the best defense against covid is being vaccinated and the second best defense against covid is the person standing next to you being vaccinated mm-hmm. and Damn straight. so the, the 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 higher the percentage of the population that has been vaccinated the better off we are as a whole um, so I spinning ourselves into a, into a, a fit about, you know, are we prioritizing the groups we need to be prioritizing and having that slow down the overall distribution of vaccines, um, I, I think has, has shown you the difference between the states that get the vaccines out fast and the ones that don't, and the ones that get the vaccines out fast are getting better results. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. And, and- and with the hesitancy that Phil was talking about, there's um, the numbers are changing, but there's something like 47% of the people that voted for Donald Trump consider themselves Trump supporters will not are saying they're not going to take the vaccine. And that has a lot to do with the way Donald Trump handled the rollout of the vaccine. I mean, there was no national way. You know, he said it said uh, the quote was, you know, let the states handle it. You know, it's up to the states to, to figure out how to get the vaccine into arms. And. He got vaccinated himself in secret, which I, I, I will never forget that. That that was that blows no. my fucking mind that the leader of the free world, when given a, a chance to be vaccinated, got vaccinated in secret and, instead of and that just there. says and that just says he knows the vaccine works, but he wants you to think it doesn't. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And That's so what he is, right? If, yeah. If you did the math on that forty seven percent of the seventy four million people that voted for Donald Trump, that's still only like 11 or 12 percent of the population so if you just write those dipshits off and everybody else gets vaccinated then we're still like 89 percent of the population gets vaccinated which is great but that means that every man woman and child that didn't vote for donald trump has to get vaccinated in america and 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 we're we're still not there yet um i i i don't know i don't know really why i got the vaccine as fast as i did i just know that the uh, as a university of kentucky employee they had a batch like they had you know large chunks that went to the university of kentucky and they just sent out emails to the employees and so like you know you're talking about vaccine hesitancy i I drove six hours both ways to get fucking vaccinated you know yeah so i got it as soon as i can i was worried about the uh reports that it has you know long lasting uh kidney damage effects and i only got the one so then you get that can't 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 fuck around with, with covid and find out but um a lot of other places were just like when I went to Kentucky, um, the woman in front of me had an appointment and um, 
she mentioned though she was like said something about her husband and the person doing it was like is he here and she was like yeah but he doesn't have an appointment because he's not in this stage of the vaccine you know rollout mm-hmm. and the woman doing she's like go get him if he's here there's no need for him to drive back you know a week from now like just go get him and they gave him both vaccinations right there i was like well there you go awesome. just fucking give it out that's awesome now i know there's stories of people like rich assholes with private jets like flying into the heart of you know wyoming or something to small towns to get the vaccines i know i'm, I'm probably I'm, I'm i'm butchering what state they did that in but that that was a thing and they got in trouble for it that was in that was in canada and the problem was that the rich assholes, well and the the problem was that the rich assholes flew out to a native american community oh. <laughs> that was getting prioritized oh, oh boy so, like like a like a remote, like a remote native american yeah. village to get this vaccine mm. Um, so mm. like, please tell me they did a really bad accent when they showed up, like trying to blend in <laughs> like some, some real I, John, John Wayne dressed as an Indian shit. <laughs> oh. Good Lord. But no, I'm, I'm glad everybody's getting vaccinated. My brother, my brother will get vaccinated as soon as, you know, he, he, he was like, do I have to get vaccinated? I was like, yes, you do. You still need to get vaccinated. You, you got some immunity to it for a while, but we got to do that. And, so um, I, I will uh, I, I will tell you a story that uh, a story. Uh, uh, what what I think is probably more common um, this year than it has ever been in history, and that is finally everybody in my 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 family is very small. There are and, and we we like the scope of who we consider that our tall is very small. There are five of us. Um, it's it's just my my parents, my brother, my grandmother, and I. Um, you know, my, my dad's an only child. My mom has one brother. Our, our our family's very small, so we have finally all gotten vaccinated, um, and are finally planning to get together for Christmas. My parents have kept their Christmas tree up, waiting for us all to get vaccinated so we can have Christmas, and we're finally going to in about two weeks. And this I'm is very fucking adorable. That's pretty phenomenal. <laughs> That's fucking adorable. You're fortunate with the small family part there, mm-hmm. Strider, because uh, mine is not. And on my dad's side, it is. Uh, it's a little bit on both sides, but especially on my dad's side, it's it's not great. Well, well, part of it is we also cons- like the the circle of who we consider to be the family is very sure. small. Sure. Like. I, 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 don't now, even, yeah. I don't even know any of my like I'm sure that I have second cousins I don't know any of them I've never met them oh I don't <laughs> no, second cousins don't count yeah we have a, we have a fairly large family and but they're spread out everywhere and when my grandmother passed away she was like the matriarch and uh, she was the matriarch of the family and she was the one that always you know arranged all the big get togethers and everything and when she passed away my dad was like yeah, i guess we're not gonna get the whole family together as much anymore and we kind of looked at each other and exchanged a thank god glance like, that, was, that was brutal shit's brutal but yeah, yeah I, I don't it's the same way with my with my dad's family they're all over the place virginia georgia florida i had a lot of central ohio um but just all over and I, it's good on on the one hand that, that they're all spread, but similar similar fashion when my grandpa died a couple of years ago, um, most of them got together. There was, it was a pretty nasty divorce between him and my grandma, 
And, <laughs> That's always uh, fun. Yeah. One aunt uh, did not even come to his funeral because she, I mean, she literally didn't talk to him. And that divorce was when my dad was 12. Yeah, families are tricky things, and I think everybody's learned kind of to put up with a little bit more shit now. Yeah, that they haven't been able to see them for a while. Like my wife can't wait to get. Yeah, my my wife can't wait. Her parents just got vaccinated, so she's gonna give it two weeks. Excuse me, uh, until uh, two weeks after her mom gets her second shot to go visit them because she hasn't seen them in like a year and a half, and she's like, you know, misses them, and she's like, don't you want to go see your mom and dad? I'm like, eh, you know, yeah. we'll see them when we see them, and uh, yeah, like she like yelled at me. She's like, God, you're such a bastard. I was like, you know what? If you ask my parents, they would have the same, have the exact same response. Like, we'll see them when we see them. I, I called my dad once, and we hadn't talked for a couple months, and he he said this. And this is a direct fucking quote. He was like. I was going to call you last week. I didn't have anything to tell you, so I didn't call you. It's like, there we go. That's about right. That's, uh, that's how you do it, Dad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're, uh, my my parents are itching to, to see us. We've seen them a little bit uh, more recently just because they are also vaccinated yeah. as we are. So being able to see them, and it's not a far drive across the river. Um, but we're actually going up to her parents, uh, the in-laws, this weekend. We'll be up in uh, up in your neck of the woods there. Oh, that's right. Yeah, your your wife is from up here in uh, the Chicago land. A little bit so north of no, a little bit north of where I am in Joliet, I think. If mm-hmm, I'm not right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, it's been a struggle for her mom to get to get a vaccine. Her my father in law has diabetes, so he he got it pretty quick. But, um, her mom, I it's just been a battle. So like my my wife will get on the internet and just search to try to find her an appointment every yeah. single day. And it sounds like Illinois is just a giant clusterfuck. Yeah. I, I, um, where I work at, I work, I work at, um, Argonne national lab and where I work there, we have some, of, I mean, it's safer for me at the lab than it is anywhere near my of house course. because, you know, um, not only do I work with a bunch of physicists, but I work with a bunch of older physicists and they are all about following those guidelines. I uh, I walked through I walked through the the um, I guess the like the lunch area of our building the other day, and there were these four older gentlemen standing easily twelve feet apart, just shouting at each other about physics, like they can't hear, but they're not going to get close enough so they can hear, so they're just yelling. It was uh, pretty funny, but um yeah, there's they're they're going to make uh, Argon a a vaccine distribution uh, center, but that's not until late June. You know, it's just it, in Illinois, it's just it's just really it's really slow, yeah. Yeah, so she's 60 and still not eligible. And Kentucky this morning said anybody 40 and over. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's insane. I, like, how, how are we just that disparity right there is just asinine to me. Hey, sorry, I'm, I'm back now. My uh, my boss called. I had to take that one. That's all right. Unbelievable. You sound very quiet now. How did that change? What? You're very quiet. You're very quiet now. Let me hang up and come back in. All right, it's like he's it's like he's trying to like talk to us from, like shout out the window. Yeah, yeah. Damn millennials no. and their technology. I, I I I don't know. I can't quantify why each state is different. And I was trying to look up because a lot of states have dropped their age to like eighteen plus, yeah, sixteen plus, but not all of them. Yeah. And it's 
it's um it is kind of it's kind of puzzling um but i i know that i mean i know this donald trump hates this like donald trump put out this thing about like i hope everybody remembers i made the vaccine which not necessarily right. what happened stupid idiot but, but um but where it was also like there was really no plan and that that um exactly i mean it set us back months yeah months hey can you uh hear me better now Okay. Well, and and there was, I was talking to somebody that was a very, very big Trump supporter, and they said they were basically one in, um, I believe it or not, it was on the WSAZ Facebook page, which is where I love to hang Mm -hmm. out. It's so much fun. Mm -hmm. Um, But they were saying that, you know, Donald Trump should get full credit for the vaccine. And I give him credit for um, Operation Warp Speed. It might have had the dumbest ass name I've ever heard of, but it cut through a lot of red tape and and got the the wheels going. Um, 100%. Especially for uh, the Moderna vaccine, which did get some startup cash from uh, um, shit. I just said it. Uh, Operation Warp Speed. Um, the Pfizer vaccine that was all done with German money, but just got yep. here quick because of uh, Operation Warp Speed. Like we said, cutting the uh, red tape. But yep. um, but Donald Trump. Like there, for every story that you read about that, there's a story of like Donald Trump slowing up the transition. You know, he wanted yes. he he wanted the January sixth blue fuckery to keep him in office. So they were acting like there was not going to be a transition. And the Biden team was just, they just said, okay, fuck it. And they started contacting the uh, vaccine companies themselves. So like just cold yep. calling fucking Pfizer and be like, Hey, guess what? We're going to be president next. Uh, don't know if you've heard. Um, the guy's name's Biden. You know, how you doing? Uh, how, how are you, how are we sitting with those vaccines? Yeah. And then we got our buddy on the Facebook page is that for some reason thinks that we should demand all 200 doses of, of the vaccine we bought from Pfizer right now, even though they haven't made them yet. Um, you guys know him. His name is Ron, Ron Blevins. Uh, I just, I am both upset and equally glad that I, I have been blocked. But that was like the weirdest argument about vaccines. I was like, okay, so we paid for two hundred from Pfizer. We have only yep. gotten a hundred from them. Then we need to we need like demand our money back. Like no, like there is a process. It takes time to like make the little liquid. They're gonna squirt in a vial. Like, oh dear God, I don't get it. I really don't get it. No, you went back to really silent Adam again. Every time you you mute yourself, okay. <clears throat> Well, Every time he mutes himself and then he comes back, yeah. He shouldn't mute himself. You should never mute yourself. No. Just let it roll. <laughs> I know this has nothing to do with anything we're talking about, but when uh, when we did the happy hour for the alumni, um, uh, Daniel Daniel Blackstock made popcorn and he set his phone on the popcorn maker, which no, was the funniest didn't. fucking thing in the world. No, so like, we're all we're, we're all sitting there trying to talk, and it sounds like somebody was throwing an aluminum chair into a wood chipper, oh and we were God. like, "What is that sound?" And he's like, "I'm making popcorn," and you could tell he had rested it on the popcorn makers that was just vibrating all over the fucking place. That was badass. He is. Uh, I have okay. only met him a couple times, and and not once was sobriety involved. And he is just a really special, special, special was, individual. He was sober, but I, it was like, oh, man, you, you should have just put the phone in the popcorn maker, for fuck's sake. Oh, that would have been fun. Yeah. Um, all right, so, so we ta- what's that, Adam? Oh, uh, what did I miss? Oh, nothing. Uh, it's just, we're just making fun of Daniel for putting his phone on. Uh, he made popcorn when we did the alumni thing one time, and he put his phone on it. It was hilarious. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was great. Um, 
Okay, we talked about this a little before we started recording, but we need to talk. talk I want to bring this up because um, I haven't heard any updates about this, and honestly, the news has been kind of quiet about um, well about the fact that Rush Limbaugh's still dead. You know, yes, he, he, he has not come back yet. Thank God. Uh, of course, Rush Limbaugh died uh, February seventeenth of complications from lung lung cancer, which he of course did not believe came from smoking cigars or cigarettes. That's a famous quote from him in like nineteen ninety four. He's buried in Missouri. The other thing is, I never heard about a funeral. I kind of was like waiting for here something like that because you you would think that all the the you know at least like Sean Hannity and all those people would go to that. But he had a private I mean, ceremony. To, to be fair, if if I were Rush Limbaugh's family, I would not publicly announce a funeral either. No. Um, right. Because I, I mean, I like even I, I I will give them this that he was somebody's family member, and I understand that they don't want like protesters at his funeral of course and, of his, course. and his family is entitled to that well mm-hmm. but he also was totally fine with protesters at um gay funerals yeah. yeah so he can he can fuck right off there but um he was he was he uh i just i was just kind of i was just kind of um surprised i didn't hear anything about it anything at all so he was he had, he was buried in a quiet uh cemetery in his hometown in missouri so if you would like to find out where that is and maybe go relieve yourself uh on a grave you're welcome to it um that is of course against the law so uh, we don't recommend you actually do that but if you happen to have to use the bathroom and you are in missouri uh go for it um yeah not not legal advice but uh i i, I do recommend against breaking the law yeah, right, right, right. I, was, I had to start a conversation. Uh, the one of the last Zoom meetings I had, I had to I had to start it with, "All right, guys, let's not start this with a breaking and entering," and uh, <laughs> the conversation went from there. Um, the big, I guess, the big thing is, is that with Rush gone, I don't know how how close you guys have followed this, but like, I mean, the idea that Rush was a big player in the talk radio scene is kind of you know. Duh, right? He was he was one of the biggest names. He had a $55 million contract last time I checked, and I believe the last time he re-upped his contract, it was for less. They wouldn't admit how much less because he lost a lot of sponsors because he was an absolute bigot on the radio. Um, a lot of that flat came from the, the uh, Sandra Fluke uh, incident where he spent three days calling her a whore and that if she was going to get her birth control paid for, then she should do a sex tape for him to watch. Um, you know, classy stuff. Family show, family oh, show. Boy. Um, but uh, it gotten to the point later in his career that you could not have a radio station that was a talk radio station uh, that was conservative without having him on the roster for in uh, purely monetary reasons that that surprised me. Not that like it wouldn't be viable because there's a lot of other dipshits that talk like that. Mike Gallagher is one of them. He's like he's like if you if you created your right wing uncle in a lab. It's amazing how just how much of a all caps uncle that guy is. Like there's tons of those guys out there, but. Uh, radio stations um, relied on Limbaugh to a point where, like, you couldn't get a loan to operate your radio station if he wasn't on the roster. And um, when he lost a lot of advertisers, that, that that made it hard to keep him on. And things started happening. Like, like he was kicked off his ra- the flagship radio station in um, New York because of all the Sandra Flick stuff. And some billionaire bought a smaller radio station in New Jersey that just barely covered New York and put, and basically just put Limbaugh on there so he could still stay in New York. Like there's all that kind of, you know, um, Republican dealing that goes on, you know, the super PAC stuff that we're all, we're all familiar with now. Um, so that's, that's how like intricate he was to, to their, to their, um, 
business model. And now he's gone, and I was just floored to figure out who they get. Have you guys heard who they're replacing this guy with? Have you guys heard this? Not a clue. You nope. guys know who Dan Bongino is? Oh, my God. Yep. Oh, sweet Jesus. Westwood One is replacing the Wrestling Ball Show with the Dan Bongino Show uh-huh. starting uh, Friday. It's going to be you know Monday through Friday, noon to 3, starting May 24th uh, on the Westwood, Westwood One Radio Network. How many congressional races has he lost now? Like six. It's hilarious. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know who bon- Dan Bongino is, he's a constant um, commenter on um, Fox News' primetime. He was uh, he was he had a radio he had a TV show I guess it would be called I'm sorry on NRA TV before that got shit canned. He was one of the first that got shit canned off of that. He started out, he's an ex-Secret uh, Service agent. So that's kind of how he made his nut. He wrote a book about how shitty the Clintons were, like, while he was around them as a Secret Service agent. And, like, that's that's well, kind of where he got his conservative bona fides from. Ideal. What's that? I said that's ideal. Just a, an active Secret Service agent denigrating the president. It's fine. Uh, I, I think he, he was out of the job when he wrote the book. So okay. It's still not great. It's still not great, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> still not great and um when he he when he had his um and so he's on fox news all the time and his job is to talk about how stupid liberals are that's it like it's all about how they're not manly enough and they're just all cucks and they're all liars and and um uh when he had the nra tv thing like one of the things he did that was actually baffling is like he was talking about liberals and how like how pathetic they are it was one of these like you know 20 second spots between the shows and he's like when life gives you lemons and then he squeezes the lemons into a pitcher like, you know, the metaphor is to make lemonade, correct? Yes. And then he pees in the pitcher. And then what? the spot ends. And we're like, what just happened there? Like, what? I don't know. Like, is this some macho thing on NRA TV? But, like, but that was one of the things I remember him from right before he got shit canned from NRA, NRA TV. Then that, of course, shut down the NRAs in bankruptcy. And they're going to go tits up, hopefully. Um, but uh, my favorite uh, Dan Bongino thing. And it's still just, it's so transparently stupid is down, but Dan Bongita wrote a book. And are you guys, are you guys familiar with the New York times bestseller dagger? I am. The, the dagger means that some, uh, entity, uh, be it yourself or, uh, an affiliated organization has artificially inflated your sales by buying a lot of copies of your book themselves. Right. It's a, um, it's a, uh, signifier that the New York Times bestseller list uses to um, denote somebody who has climbed up the bestseller list with bulk purchases. It's basically what it says. And this is nothing new. We all know that right-wing think tanks like uh, Turning Point USA, um, the Heritage Foundation, um, no, nah, God, I'm drawing a blank here. I mean, Heritage Foundation, just these right-wing, uh, the Koch brothers, um, um, Foster Freeze, these these right wing billionaires that prop up these guys, they'll just buy huge chunks of the of these books, and and propel these people up the uh, up the New York Times bestseller list. And actually, if you want to take the time and look through it, sometimes it's actually fun to see who gets supported and who doesn't. Like Bill O'Reilly was daggered up until he was you know booted unceremoniously from Fox, and then all his books after that, the you know killing Lincoln and all that horse shit, you know. Um, killing the, you know, killing Jesus, whatever the hell the last book was. Like, you know, he, Bill O'Reilly's like historical books actually are not bad. He writes them in a way. I've read portions of them. He writes them in a way that he knows he's got to entertain these people because you're not, you know, not like 
I don't I don't see how 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 you sell that book otherwise without like knowing you're writing it for entertainment value. Yeah, I mean they're 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 sensationalist, but they're not like actively shitty in a partisan way. No, 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 they're not. No, no, I, I will give him that. I will give him that. He might have gotten kicked out of Fox News to the tune of thirty million dollars for sexual harassment, but his books are not partisan. <laughs> hackery if you want that you need to read um ben shapiro's book uh true allegiance i will not yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. um, thank you though um every every podcast that i know that shits on um conservative writers has done a review a review of his book and they're all hilarious he does nothing but describe the marines in the book as bears of men like he, he cannot not talk about how tall and tough they are it's oh, um it's very transparent, but um, but Dan Bongino released this book, Exonerated, and it was um. Now this is this is a while ago. What the hell was this? After the first one. This <laughs> no uh this this Dan Bongino released this book in t- uh, 2019, and it of course got the uh, conservative dagger. And uh, a New York Times um, journalist just happened to point it out. He's like, hey, listen, Dan Bongino's book is debuted at number 12 with the dagger sim- symbolizing the only way it got there was bulk purchases, likely, likely by right-wing think tanks. It's a bestseller in the, own, in the most artificial, dishonest, and technical definition. Now, Dan Bongino, a grown adult, responded by, you're a, you're a zero, a liar, a fraud, a disgrace to your family, friends, if you have any, your neighbors, your parents, and planet Earth. It's garbage like you that makes the world worse. You're the reason sane people revile, uh, revile liberals and love and their love affair with lying. Well, that's a measured response to... Right, right. <laughs> But then Dan Bongino challenged him $10,000 to prove that there were bulk purchases that got his book there. And the, the New York Times um, you know, journalist just said, I just did, you dumb shit. It's right there. It's that dagger. <laughs> and uh, to this day, Dan Bongino has you know, never paid up. But uh, I, I think that, that was my funniest thing. I just It's so boneheaded. And um, if you guys haven't seen – you guys know who Dan Bongino is. Dan Bongino, you know, not to attack him personally, but he has the squarest head ever. It is amazingly square. It does. It is it's pretty it hilarious is, to see. It is square. But, yeah, so that's the guy that's going to take over most of Rush Limbaugh's spots from uh, noon to three. And I I don't – I'm actually really curious to see how he, how he does because he didn't do well at NRA TV, and his radio show was kind of – He's like a third-tier so, conservative talker. So, panel, um, is Dan Bongino not in terms of talent, but in terms of terribleness, an upgrade, a downgrade, or an equivalency to Rush Limbaugh? Like terribleness how are you as a person? Defining, how are you defining up and downgrade? Upgrade Being a piece of shit. So, he is, like, he is I, more I think terrible? We, I, I think we can all agree that Dan Bongino is less talented than Rush Limbaugh. Um, so this, whether he's an upgrade, an equivalency, or a downgrade, is in terms of how much of a piece of shit he is. Is he more of a piece of shit, as much a piece of shit, or less of a piece of shit than Rush Limbaugh? I'd have to say less. I'm going less. Yeah, I'm going to hmm. say less. Hmm. Yeah, because he, uh, I mean, I, I will give him as much rope as he wants to hang himself with. But I think Dan Bongino's comments are very measured in that, like he knows what 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 stratus he sits in in the in the right wing talker sphere, and he just says the things that like Sean Hannity or Tucker Carlson want to hear, and then he stops. 
like he just stops. He I don't think I don't see him as the guy that like if you just if you you know if you ask the question and then just pause long enough to keep him you know to keep drawing out words from him you know like like some people do he'll just like all right what what's next Tucker like I have nothing so, else to say about that. So do you, do you think that he and I I honestly don't know anything about him on you know like he's a like you know replacement level right wing shithead as far as I'm concerned but like. Do, do you think that he refrains from saying things that are beyond the pale because he knows that they're beyond the pale and doesn't want to say them or because he is self-aware that he doesn't have enough social capital in the right-wing media sphere to say those things and not get shit-canned? I'd have to roll the dice on that one. That's, yeah, that's, a, good, say, that's probably, a good question. It's probably a little bit of both, I would think. Cause he, he's a shithead, right? But, like, I... He's already been shit canned a couple times. Yeah, to Justin's yeah. point, he's not. He doesn't well, like cross he's that been, line. He's not quite he's as been shit, He's been shit canned for low ratings, though. He hasn't been shit canned for being a piece of shit. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't know. I, I, I just, I honestly think that. Oh man, this is gonna sound really weird, but like the way he carries himself as an ex-secret service agent with uh, the type of uh, honor that that would that should entail. He might be a right wing shithead, but he does like. I think he sees a line. I really do think he sees a line. I think he's kind of a, do- a doofus, and I think his explanations for things and his description of things are very simple and very you know, you know he he loves to do the. Um, I don't really care to say he has a square head because you know he loves to talk about how like liberals are just like soul boy cucks and how they're not as tough as he is and stuff like that. Like he loves to take that line. I just don't. I don't see him doing the whole like um, you know. Like Rush Limbaugh said on air, take the bone out of your nose and call me back. You know that hmm. I don't see. You know I don't see him going that direction. Also, I don't. I don't know who the fuck keeps that in the repertoire of insults just hanging around. Right. Like I would have to reach for that one. I, I Rush took things so to just like another level. Like it, it, the things that he said. It, I I don't know that there is anyone. Maybe Bill O'Reilly if he got on a real heater. Um, had a snoot full. Yeah, could could get there, but I Rush was on a planet of his own. I I, I think he was the top tier, not in a good way of just disgusting, just disgusting right wing talking. Just gross. Oh, and and we we had talked about this before we were recording. We just kind of veered off in that conversation. Like when Rush Limbaugh, well, he had a short lived. I mean, first of all, he, he was a NFL commentator for a while, and he lost that job because he, he said, like, I don't remember which quarterback he was talking about, but he said the only reason anybody cares about him is because he's black. He's not that good. It's just because he's black. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, of course. And um, he got, you know, booted from that job. Uh, before that, he was very shortly was on, on daytime TV. Um, Rush Limbaugh had for his life fantasized. Like, he was born in that age group where DJs, like rock and roll DJs, were, like, the absolute yep. shit. So he's always, he always wanted to be in the radio. Excuse me. And um, the fact that he was given shots at TV were just kind of silent. You know, he, it really wasn't on his radar. He was just like, I'll just do my show with you, a camera in my face. And But on that show, he did things like the classic about Chelsea Clinton, where in uh, during the Clinton administration, he said, hey, I want you to put up a picture of the you know president's child. And they put up a picture of a fairly ugly dog, an actual four-legged canine. 
And they're like, no, 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 they're a kid, you know. And then they put up a picture of, of Chelsea Clinton, who was 12 at the time. Um, and then there was one segment where he uh, was running news about some um, African-Americans, like, protesting something. And he put their images up on the, the screen beside him and just made fucking gorilla noises. Like, that was on TV in the, in the fucking 90s. And, like, he was able to get away with it because he was the – he had the pull he had in the industry. Yep. And – I don't know if how I mean you guys are old enough to remember this, but I mean before Mitch McConnell said you know my job is to make sure Barack Obama is a one-term president, like Limbaugh was on had been on that tip for weeks, like yeah. he was like we have to obstruct everything because we can't let this guy, you know, run anything, and I have to imagine there was um, a thumbtack in his shoe where he pressed down on to keep himself from you know calling Obama the N word. Yeah, I just I don't see, frankly, anyone else. Not I, even your Tuckers and your Hannitys, right? Well, Tucker's just a fucking the, white nationalist. Well, and he does it in that in their coded little language, right? Like us and them. Yes, he doesn't go out and out like Rush did, and so for that reason alone, I I just I see it as with. with Bongino, going back to that point, I see him as a as a downgrade with in that regard. Um, doesn't make him okay. I I think he could keep his head down and really just fucking cruise at that time yeah. slot as long as he yeah. can keep the ratings up. Um, Tucker Carlson worries the shit out of me because not only does he say actual white national talking points yes. and white nationals consider him, uh, you know, people at Stormfront, which is one of the you know websites at the very forefront of ethno, you know, white Christian ethno state news. They love his show. But Tucker Carlson's influence is doing nothing but expanding. Uh, I don't know if you guys know. And that's the the, the thing that with Tucker Carlson is that he has has tuned into I, I think the thing that is keeping the right wing in the U.S. from being a majoritarian party and that is the, the the thing that has kept the. I don't mean to interrupt. What do you mean by majoritarian party? A a party that can command an electoral majority. Okay. And I, I think the thing that has kept because I mean the, the U.S. is not a. I mean we have gotten more. Uh, I, I would say that the U.S. is very ahead of the curve internationally on um lgbt rights Mm -hmm. um and we came to that very quickly but the u.s still has i I would say not in in the way that it was openly expressed in the 50s and 60s but still has a lot of white racial grievance resentment and what is holding back the republican party that has really keyed into that racial resentment from being a majoritarian party is that their economic agenda is just resoundingly right. unpopular. It is resoundingly right. unpopular. Um, if you took like Paul Ryan and like Rand Paul and these guys who were just like hyped up on this Ayn Rand libertarian economic fantasy and made them their own party with no social views, they would get like 10% of the vote. Um, And 
the I mean, I don't know about you guys, but my eyes just roll back in my head anytime somebody talks about Ayn, Ayn Rand anyway. <laughs> but but this like socially, but this like socially ambivalent, fiscally conservative donor base mm-hmm. is anchoring the Republican Party to this this fiscal conservatism that's unpopular. And what Tucker Carlson has keyed into is that they don't need this donor base. Yeah. Because if they, they can crowdsource the shit, they can crowdsource the shit. And if they took a party which is based on social white grievance and like fiscal, basically socialism for white people, yeah, yep, yep. that would be a very aggressive, very broad based political movement. Yep. And that's why he worries me. Yeah. And, and to just to, to go back to what I was saying before you so eloquently scared the shit out of me. Um, is that Tucker Carlson's influence is growing. He has, um, you know, his three-hour show Monday through... I'm sorry, shit, I'm thinking about radio. Um, He has his hour show Monday through Friday. Um, Fox Nation, their online woo-fuckery, is giving him another three hours a week. And I haven't seen that one, but that has to be just balls to the walls insane. Um, If it's on, you know, if there's... They don't have to, you know, if it's on their, their subscribing side of the network they don't have to worry about you know um advertisers where he basically just gets to go free reign i it's it boggles i i just not gonna pay for it number one right ever um but i would love to hear some of those things because we i being able to combat that right is just key and he's well, not—he's not, not going to say some of that shit on TV because he can't. Well, let me. Like, what? 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 Adam just said about the machine that is created with you know white victimhood and some populism is is what's been gearing up now. And the problem with Donald Trump is he's too goddamn stupid to actually um, really let that machine launch him out into the into the stratosphere. And, and I think what's what's keeping us safe for the foreseeable future is that you 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 do have some guys in the Republican Party right now who are trying to be Trump but smart. Right. And the problem right. though is that the guys who are trying to be Trump but smart, who who I would say right now are Josh Hawley and Tom Cotton. Where did that Hawley are, guy come from? I didn't Missouri. know. I I didn't. Well, okay. <laughs> Touche. But, like, I didn't know that little shit's name. And I can say no. little shit because I'm like a year older than he is. Um, I didn't know that little shit's name until it came out that they were like, Josh Hawley, who's going to run for president. Like, that's right after his name. Whenever anybody says his name, we'll be running for president. And he was all about, you know, bolstering the idea that we could overturn uh, Joe Biden's win. I was like, who the shit is this? And I looked at him and was like, yeah, he's a little shit. I'm going to stick with that moniker. <laughs> His problem, I mean, that's a problem from his perspective. It's not a problem from our perspective. It's yeah. that the, 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 the Josh's Hawley and Tom's Cotton of the world are, they might be Trump but smart, but they're also Trump but not charismatic. Well, they're not um, Donald Trump, right? Yeah, not, not and that, that's... yeah like they, they don't have the appeal that Trump has because it's, I don't know, it's calculating. It's not off the cuff. It's more restrained. And Trump's these are Ivy League educated guys. Yeah. Yes. Part of Trump's appeal was his uncouthness. Right. Because yes. the people, the people who liked Trump, 
liked that he was not willing to submit himself to the the politeness demands of elite society and cotton and holly or the balance of a marriage <laughs> and but cotton and holly can't do that because that's the that, that elite society that that trump kind of subverted is is the air they breathe they're a climate yeah. that's do it yeah they cannot do what trump did for these aggrieved masses well yeah. and so what's, what's... with Go ahead, Phil. With, with Donald, right? Like, he has been and will continue to be somebody's thesis in psychology, right? He, the way he was raised, the, the people that he met along the way, your Roy Tones of the world back in the 70s and 80s, right? Just teaching him that you don't ever back down. Yeah. From anything, ever. Um, that shaped his life and he's literally no one else has has had that that it's just not them and then you you well, put him on very few people have had the means with which to live a life like that exactly. without getting absolutely fucking obliterated exactly you know exactly so and then the one positive thing that, that i could say for donald trump is that he is an expert marketer Right. Yeah. That was oh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's what he does. Um, it's all fluff and bullshit. But he can market the shit out of himself. Yeah. And I, that I, I, I challenge you guys to like uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Phil, but like what you're just talking about, like we were before we started recording, I was I was explaining to you guys. We, we were trying to discuss like where the fuck these uh, um uh, press releases from the office of the former president were coming from. <laughs> I can only find them from like Twitter people and like. You know, secondhand. It was. I, yeah. I, I had to assume they were being sent to the press pool or the Associated Press, and then being distributed by actual, you know, the blue checks that all these people hate. Um, but just like minutes before we started recording, forty five office dot com went live, and all that shit's there. And if and um, Phil, I, I would like you to uh, read through that. It's nothing but Donald Trump selling selling himself. It will melt your face right the fuck off. It's so uh, horrendous, but. It's, he's doing exactly what you just said. He's doing nothing but selling himself as the greatest president ever. And well, it's it's everything was the best ever. It's all bloviating yeah. for him. You um, know, the, I, I, I read a little bit ago an article that just struck me as a just a fundamental truth. And, I mean, it was a full-length article, but the summary was basically, imagine what Donald Trump's presidential library is going to be like. And the conclusion was basically, it's going to be a giant gift shop. Yeah. Makes sense. Yes. <laughs> actually, I mean, it's, it's all he can do. Actually, oh, I challenge you that it'll yeah. never be built, because he, why the fuck would it be built? And he, what was he, he was, he was uh, trolling for, uh, well, hold on, I'm getting ahead of myself. After Donald Trump lost the election, he started a Save America pact which the last time I checked had raised something like $287 million or something like that after he lost the election. Like, he can't not grift. That's the whole yeah. thing. If the whole yeah. thing is a grift. And then he's looking for $2 billion wow. for a library. I mean, fucking uh, Barack Obama's going to put his presidential library in like downtown fucking Chicago, and I dare you to find a place that has higher real estate value than that. Yeah, good like, luck. Yeah. Like, oh, you know what would make shit. me so, so happy? Donald Trump is going to put his presidential library in West Palm Beach, and it's going to be across the street from Mar-a-Lago, and it's going to be at a giant gift shop. Yeah. <laughs> it will, it'll be his next tax maneuver. It will be Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Just rebrand um, it. 
Oh yeah, he'll just turn Mar-a-Lago into his presidential library. <laughs> Yeah. How phenomenal would it be for Trump Tower Chicago to go completely bankrupt and for Barack to turn that in the entire building or maybe just like the first 10 floors into the Barack Obama presidential library. And then the, all the floors just... above all the floors above that into low income housing. Yes. One of the things that I respect the most about Bill Clinton is that he followed through and put his presidential library in Little Rock, Arkansas. Doesn't it look like a dick? I've been there and I don't recall it looking like a dick. One of the presidential libraries is very phallic. I I think we need to normalize putting presidential libraries in places that need the economic stimulus boost. Yeah, I agree with that. And also, like, needs a library. Yeah, I would. I think it would be. I think it would be absolutely f- uh, badass. Uh, no, Bill Clinton's presidential library looks like a uh, giant um, trailer on stilts. It does. <laughs> very but, Arkansas. Uh, yeah, very send, Arkansas. I'm, I'm gonna send you guys this this angle. Um, oh, I guess I guess if you looked at it from above and behind, I guess see where you're coming from. Um, but I, I would be I would be a hundred percent down with. Um, I would be 100% down with um, a presidential library actually being a library. Like, somebody, yeah. um, you know, somebody like like Barack Obama. Let's just, let's just mm-hmm. I know he's not, not going to do this, but, like, let's say he picks the, the one of the most underserved places in Chicago that does not have a local library, and he builds a library there for them, and it's his presidential library, yes, but it's just an actual fucking library. Like, like there's half of it that's just about, you know, Barack Obama being awesome. You know, of course, that's what your library is supposed to be. You're not going to like build a library that says I was okay, um, you know. And so half of, but then the rest of it's just an actual functioning library for low income people in Chicago. Like that would be pretty cool. I mean, and I don't like, care what president does that; just go for it. Yeah, and I agree with that. I think Joe Biden is a real opportunity, and I think that he shouldn't. Oh, yeah, put, true. I think that he shouldn't put. I mean, you know, Joe can give me a call anytime he wants my advice. But <laughs> <laughs> I heard he's. A, I heard he listens to this podcast regularly. But you know, I I don't think he should put his presidential library in wilmington which is where he lives now i understand that but i I think he should put his presidential library in scranton pennsylvania because that is is that is somewhere that he has a deep connection to and it's somewhere that needs the economic investment yes yep with without question that would be cool that would be very cool um all right we we have to talk about this before we get out of here um voting rights 2021 are we gonna have them Oh, I mean, is. I mean, you, you and I are going to have them. We're, we're all yeah. white. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, for those of you who have been living under a rock, uh, Donald Trump lost the 2020 election mainly because of the expansion. Well, I wouldn't say mainly because I would say man, cause he's a dick, but mainly, um, one of the reasons he lost so, so handily, excuse me, it's because we were in the middle of a global pro pandemic during the election many states and municipalities extended and made it easier to uh, do voting by mail-in ballots and or absentee ballots and joe biden um pulled out ahead in a lot of those um but it was also a lot of people voted for donald trump through mail-in ballots and absentee ballots that's 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 a thing that happens um and he lost that election uh there were audits um I believe uh, Georgia was audited three times. 
Yes. And and then um, there was a phone call where the sitting president of the United States asked the Secretary of State of Georgia to find eleven thousand like seventy one votes or some bullshit like that. I forget what the number was. Um, he's probably going to be indicted for that phone call. <laughs> um, but so that happened, and now I know I know you now. Now stay with me here, guys. The Republican Party would like to limit those ways of voting. Stop it! No way! Mm-hmm. No way! No, I don't believe it. Don't, can't, can't believe that they would just seek to that level to just prevent people from voting. I, I mean, why? Oh, that's that's because that's the only way that they can win. That oh, right. Oh. I mean, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take my my I'm gonna take my usual uh, um, argument out of this where I complain nonstop that the electoral college is absolute as absolute horseshit and that um, any defense of it will eventually boil down to the fact that there are more Democrats than there are Republicans. Um, that's just how that, that works. Um, uh, that argument usually goes something along the lines of the Electoral College protects uh, Wyoming from California, and then I ask, what does it protect Vermont from? And then they say, well, there's more people who live in cities than in the country, and I say, where in the Constitution does it, does it matter where you live and how you vote? And then you keep talking down that road, and eventually it's like, well, there's more people in the cities that vote Democrat than there are in the country that vote Republican. So it's like, oh, so there are just more Democrats, and that's your problem. Yes. Like, not not let's change our message and get more voters. Correct. Fuck those people, we win. Yeah, um, limit. So we'll skip over that argument, and uh, we'll just talk about how Georgia has passed one of the most draconian um, voter um, suppression laws in recent history. Um, just as a highlight, it uh, requires voter ID for absentee ballots. Um, it shortens the time that you can request a mail, mail uh, request a mail-in ballot and vote absentee. Uh, makes it harder to vote absentee. Uh, I don't have all the details on that one, uh, but I know it, it, it shortens that time span. Less access to drop-off boxes, meaning there's less boxes. I think it went from like nine to ninety to th- like thirteen or something silly. Um, less access to drop uh, voting drop-off boxes. Um, the times you can access a drop-off drop-off box ugh, is uh, reduced. Um, you cannot approach people waiting in line to vote for anything, whether it's to give them food or water. Um, now here's the big thing, and. I know you guys paid attention to the woo fuckery that happened between the election and uh, when uh, Joe Biden was in, inaugurated on January 20th as president. But the voter bill in Georgia shifts power from the vote, um, the uh, appointed committees that oversee the um, votes in the specific counties. It shifts that to the le- Georgia legislature, That's which right. is a which is a supermajority Republican, and it reduces the power of the Secretary of State in Georgia to control and make decisions on what votes are valid and not valid. Basically, and stop me if I say anything that's that's wrong or stupid, but this codifies what Donald Trump wanted to do in 2020. Yes. In law. Yes. It, it allows, if this, if this was in law in, let's say, late 20, uh, 2019, Donald Trump could have overturned at least Georgia's electoral votes yes. in the 2020 election. Yeah. Uh, key, key to point out that even if uh, Georgia had been overturned, Joe Biden still would have won. Yes. Very true. Very true. Because that's how math works. Um, yeah. So the I think today um, read that the Florida House is going to take up similar measures. 
Uh, uh, so Arizona has Arizona yeah. has two dozen similar uh, bills on the docket. Um, well, the, and speaking of Arizona, there's a very key Supreme Court case that's under consideration now. Um, I, based on the, the the way that the justice approached oral argument, um, I believe the Republican Party is probably going to lose that case. But uh, we we can talk to that later. Go. We can talk to that later. Go ahead and continue your your list. Well, okay. Well, I, I, that was I was actually kind of wrapping up my list a little bit because there's 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 actually too many of them for us to really drill down on all of them because as of February 19th of this year, there have been over 253 bills proposed in 43 states to restrict voter 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 rights in the United States, and it's a clear justification. I mean, I don't want to say justification. It's a clear reaction to places like Georgia losing. Uh, the Republican vote to Joe Biden, and they, they basically have decided, like, well, we're not letting this shit happen again. Yeah, that's that's not happening. Yep. You know, and so they're going to pass these votes. Now, I have said for fucking decades that the Republican Party will. Case in point, Adam, you and I have talked at length over many beers about how we would like to make uh, D.C. and Puerto Rico a state. That would, by just general demographics right now, probably add four Democratic senators. I would also that, like to make North Dakota not a state, but you know that's not getting serious purchase. I would like to. I would like to yank Wyoming's statehood just for fucking uh, spite. But um, you know, the Republican Party sees that as four guaranteed. Yes. Democratic senators, not that. Hey. There, here is a, a uh, 760-some thousand people in D.C., and I don't know how many people are in Puerto Rico. I'll make up like 1.2 million people in Puerto Rico. I just made that up. Out of, uh, pulled that number out of my ass. I don't think I'm even close. Um, it's, it's many times the population of Wyoming. I know that. There we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So instead of seeing those as large blocks of voters they could go get and win another senator, they just say, well, fuck it. They're Democrats. Why should we change uh, our message or what we do? Uh, interestingly, um, I, I could point out right now that the uh, current governor of Puerto Rico is uh, from the party which is affiliated with – Puerto Rico doesn't have Democratic and Republican parties, but the, right. the current governor of Puerto Rico is from the party which is affiliated with the Republican Party. Yeah. And, and I, I believe I asked you this earlier, Adam, like uh, on Facebook, but like the last time they had a referendum, it was like what sixty forty fifty five. Uh, it was it, yeah, it was like fifty five forty five. Yeah. Now I'm trying to bring this up for you guys. Uh, so I, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Not... Actually, that that may not be the case anymore. The the, the current governor is affiliated with the Republican Party. I, I believe that was the last one. The current one might might be affiliated with the Democratic Party. Sorry, I'm not super up on Puerto Rican politics. Right. Well, I mean, unbelievable. It's, 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 but it's the fact that um, when we bring that up as Democrats, when we bring that up and we say we should make D.C. and Puerto Rico a state because they deserve equal representation in the Senate and Congress, Republicans say, well, you just want four new senators. Like, well, or maybe you guys just suck. And the reason that they would be Democratic senators because you suck. I, I kept my mouth shut for, for Cooth, um, but my neighbor... Uh, a couple of months ago, um, was bitching about that. He was like, "Well, I, if we make DC a state, you know, I, I think we should require that it's it's one Democrat and one Republican senator." And I, I said, but, I, "I said, but what? The, you're just going to mandate that? You're just not going to 
people can't vote for that. Right. Uh, well, well, uh, you know, what what about the the smaller states? I, but I, I, I just, what about them? I just had to shake my head. I was like, I'm not getting into this with you. Like I, I that just boggled my mind. Like the it, it's who cares what they are? Why don't you change your messaging? Those are fresh voters for you Sorry, to, I, to go I, try to influence. I have to issue a correction on my previous statement. Um, did you just go fact check yourself? Yes, I did. You did. <laughs> so uh, from. From from 2019 to the present, the or, sorry, excuse me, from 2019 to 2021, uh, the governor of Puerto Rico was Juan de Vasquez Garced, who is affiliated with the Republican Party. From January of 2021 to the present, the uh, governor of Puerto Rico is Pedro Pierluisi, who is affiliated with the Democratic Party. Okay, okay, but it's still, but it's still. The argument they have is that we should just keep them from being states because they won't vote for us. Rather than, right. hey, we should win them over. Yeah, rather than what do we need to do to get their votes. And, and that, to me, is just the Republican Party ide- ideology for the last, I mean, it's I, I, 10 years. And, and it's probably longer because that's you know, just when I started paying attention. It's the, just wild. The thing about Republican opposition to Puerto Rico being a state is that Puerto Rico is eventually going to be a state. Yeah. yeah. And the more the Republican Party fights Puerto Rico being a state, the more likely Puerto Rico is to elect Democratic state. Right. Because, because their, arguments tend to, their arguments tend to boil down to Tucker Carlson's simplistic bullshit that's like, well, they're brown and they're not us. And it's really it really becomes um, very transparent. I... I to jump back to Tucker Carlson real quick, I don't know if you guys watched John Oliver's uh, thing on him a week ago or so, but he did a real deep dive on John Oliver, or John Oliver did deep yes. dive on Tucker Carlson, and he was pointing out that that the the Chirons. Uh, do you guys know what the fourteen words are? No. Okay, the fourteen words are a saying that was adopted by white nationalists. It's we must we must secure the exist, existence of our people and secure a future for white children. Those are the fourteen words. Now, the fact that I know that off the top of my head is because I watch these fuck sticks and I pay attention to these fuck sticks. And one of C- Tucker Carlson's chirons was like so close. It was like it was like eight words, and it's like we have to protect our our culture and from immigrants. It was like it was so close to the f- the fourteen words. Um, another thing, if you ever see the the number fourteen eighty eight, that oh, yeah. stands for the that stands for the fourteen words and Heil Hitler. Yep. Um, it's shit like that that, that these 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 uh, Nazi muffins use to like signal to each other that hey we're cool with you being white but that's it. Uh, yeah, um, you know who uh, you know you know how I knew the about the fourteen and eighty eight is that the somebody tweeted fourteen at Ann Coulter and she responded to eighty eight and I had to look up what oh, the no way you got to be shitting me that's insane wow. Well, I'll tell you guys another fun fact about Tucker Carlson. Guess who plays his entire segments f- just as a block of their own show? Alex fucking Jones. So Alex Jones has been on a week-long thing about how it's okay to kill white people because if you're black and you kill a white person, you're a prosecutor because it's okay to kill white people. It's like this this really mm-hmm. sick white victimhood. Um, but whenever uh, Alex Jones needs to, I guess, take a piss or eat a sandwich, he just plays an entire block of Tucker Carlson's show. What? 
Yeah, start to finish. Whole segments. Whole segments of Tucker Carlson shit. Like, I... Ah. Uh. And, and I'll tell you right now, as somebody who listens to a lot of Alex Jones, just to keep an eye on the, the wackiest parts of the, the far right, is that Alex Jones is a is an unabashed racist. Sorry, I have to fact check myself again. Jesus Christ. I was I, I got it backwards and Coulter tweeted out fourteen and a bunch of white supremacists responded eighty eight. It wasn't the other way around. That's a little oh. bit better, but not it's much. It's a little bit better, but not much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not much. Um but yeah, uh, Alex Jones talks about liberty and freedom a lot, but what he really wants is is he wants authoritarian rule. He just wants to be part of the class that's protected by said authoritarian that, government. That's correct. And yeah. so that to me is like the the biggest takeaway from Trump's presidency is that we got a whole big old swatch of this country that's totally okay with authoritarian rule. And that just kind of boggled my mind. As Just long as they're the protected class. That's right. Yep. Yep. Alex Jones has come so close to just saying that, I mean, basically what he wants is a, is a white Christian ethno state is what yeah. he wants. Yeah. That's what a bunch of them and, want. And Tucker Carlson is, is sending those same signals. And I, I mean, I know it's not Tucker Carlson's fault that a, a complete whack job like Alex Jones is playing his segments, but it is Tucker Carlson's fault that his segments appeal to a whack job like Alex Jones. Yes. Yep. And um, so that shit just happens. But, okay, we digressed a little bit. We still have so many um, voter laws that are coming into effect because the Republican Party doesn't want to play fair. They want to just win election, electoral politics. Um, I don't want to even get into redistricting that will happen after the 2020 census is is processed. But um, I would like to ask you guys a question. All of this is done in – ostensibly – in response to voter fraud, the massive amounts of voter fraud that happened in the 2020 election. Um, our buddy Mike Lindell, the MyPillow guy, has done a great job of sussing all this shit out. Yes. Um, and even though, what is it, 60 plus court cases have been, you know, punted out of court while the judge laughed, um, that none of them none of them have really stuck. Would you guys like to guess, uh, now I'm looking at the uh, Heritage Foundation's website that tracks voter fraud. Now, everybody knows the Heritage Foundation is a very conservative right-wing think tank. Yep. How many – so I, I would expect they would include all of the voter fraud there. Would, would you guys agree? I would I agree. hope so. Yeah. Uh, would, would somebody like to take a guess at how many voter fraud instances are listed for the year of uh, 2021? Wait, well, actually, 2020 or 2021? Let me, let me redo this. It should be 2020. Yeah, let me do this. How many do you think are listed? Eight. Twenty-four. Uh, Phil's closer. It's like thirty. Now, would you like to? Would you like to see know how many of them are actual like duplicate voting? Like somebody um, actually voted twice. I'm gonna stick with. I'm gonna stick with. Eight. Yeah. Yep. I like Adam's number there for that one. I, three. Uh, Give me three. I got, I got nothing. Oh. Oh. Yeah. All of them are things like uh, ballot registration fraud, false yep. registrations, ballot petition fraud, shit like that. None so, of it's duplicate voting. What cracks me up with, with the ballot petition frauds, right? Like there was this guy in Texas who was doing it, 
and I think wasn't there a guy in West Virginia who did it a couple of years yeah. ago? Yeah. yeah. Um, and a guy down in North Carolina that they're all Republican. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the, the guy in Republican, wasn't he doing like the ballot harvesting kind of thing? Like he was yeah. collecting them and then changing them for yes. them kind of deal. Yes. And then the uh, the guy in West Virginia was a postal carrier who actually is probably the dumbest case of voter fraud ever. <laughs> the thing is, he wasn't changing people's ballots. He was just changing their party registration on their application for an absentee right. ballot, which doesn't change their vote. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's. I, 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 I mean, we've done it on this podcast. Shay and I have done it on this podcast. We've broken down what you have to do to steal a vote, and you have to commit like three felonies to do yeah. it. Yeah. And at least three well, felonies. And, and that's why it's such a. The risk like, reward voter, is, is so far. Yeah, is vo- so voter, small. Fraud, voter fraud doesn't make sense because it's such a high risk, low reward crime. Because in order to vote twice, you commit a felony, and you almost certainly do not change the outcome of an election. Yeah, exactly. And and, and to do it with mail-in voting here in Illinois, I, I broke this down on, on the podcast you know months ago. But you have to know that a person is registered to vote. You have to know what party they're registered for. You have to know that they won't you know collect their own ballot, and so you you submit it in you know you submit it, you get it, you fill it out. You got to fake their signature. All this horseshit. Twice. It's like, yeah. You have to fake yeah, that signature fake twice. Twice. Right. Uh, it's, yeah, I don't know. it's just silly. Guys, I just say something really political and controversial right now. Thin mints are the best Girl Scout cookie. No, you're wrong. It's 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 the, it's the trifoil, the shortbread cookie. It's 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 the standard. It's what Americans like. Look, well, you're um, a communist. Uh, I understand. Yeah. The Thin Mint is delightful, but I'm a. Uh, it's it's that or the peanut butter patty, for me. It's that's those two. It's, it's those two, and that's it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm surprised that there is no uh, Samoa representation on this podcast. I, I like coconut. Coconuts are disgusting. I don't like coconut. Okay, you're wrong about that, but Thin Mints are still better than Samoas. Samoas are terrible. And the fact that you like <laughs> coconut, I think, says a lot about you. I'll never forget, like, when somebody gave, somebody gave me, um, I don't remember, it, it's, oh, God, it's, like, alm, almond almond bar. It's one, one with a nut, one without. I forget what the fuck the candy bar is. But it's, like, coconut wrap. It's, like, coconut dipped in chocolate. Almond joy. Almond joy. And I, I did not know what it was, and I took a bite out of it. And I never, like, Ooh. tried to get something out of my mouth so, like, Ooh. just so unceremonious. Like, I was, I was just going to spit it on the table. Like, okay. uh, the texture of coconut is just the worst. Why would yeah. – no. Why would I eat it in hair a, like that? Well, if, it's, if, you're, if you're not going to flavor rum with it, then, then just fuck off. I guess we've all I guess we've all learned tonight that you are not men of culture, but that's okay. <laughs> all right. Mm-hmm. All right. The last so, question I have for you guys is um, the answer to all of these voter suppression bills, which are clearly and blatantly to suppress the minority and Democratic vote, is H.R. 1, which looks like it is going to have an uphill battle passing through the Senate unless we do filibuster reform. So are we filibuster reform curious as a country? Um, yes, but not for this bill, and I'll tell you why. Because right, on me. we have on me, thin mint bastard. <laughs> because we have for this bill once again fallen into the 
uh, the, the, the activist trap. And that's okay. the, they, we put everything that the most aggressive Democratic activists want in this bill. And it gives every Republican senator and Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema and John Tester and probably a couple other people a reason to say, no, I can't vote for this bill because of this provision. Yep. Right. And yep. if you just took a bill, and, and I think the most productive thing that we could do for voting rights is just take a bill that does nothing except prohibit, except outlaw partisan gerrymandering. And I think it would pass with 58 votes. 100%. And we would, we would blow up the filibuster to do it. But we're not doing that because we're including the activist wish list in this bill and giving 12 senators who might otherwise vote for this bill an excuse to vote no or a mandate to vote no, depending on how you think they want to vote in their heart of hearts. But well, so my, I guess my question for HR1 then is, are those senators going to try to make make remove those provisions, send it back to the House for a vote? Or are they just going to, are we just going to bring it to the floor and it's just going to get murdered? You know, it depends on what they want to do. Because if, you know, we have the, 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 the usual suspects of being like unreliable for progressive priorities, but generally pretty good on like democracy things. Yes. Um, we have a, we should have named this podcast "Democracy Things." <laughs> um, like, let's say I, we have all the episode. Uh, like, let's say we have uh, Mitt Romney, Susan Collins, Ben Sass, Lisa Murkowski, Joe Manchin, John Tester amendment to like change this bill from a progressive activist wish list to just a pure like good government bill. Yeah, that probably passes. But that assumes that, like, the Republicans on that list don't aren't looking for an excuse to not pass something that will advantage Democrats. Because, right. like we like we discussed earlier, there are just more Democrats than Republicans in this country, and a bill that allows more people's votes to count will advantage Democrats. Yeah. You know? yeah. So. The, the problem is we have to present the Senate with a bill that you cannot oppose and keep your supporter of good government credentials. And this bill doesn't I, do that. I think I think the the bill, which is it's both both a voter rights act and a anti-corruption act, um, is it, I, I agree. I, I agree with Adam in a way that it could have been separated a little bit better. But I think what they want to do is they I, I want to see these fuckers vote against you know expanding voting rights. Just yes. put fucking put well, Lindsey Graham on 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 record saying that I don't think people it should be easy for people to vote. That's and one way that's, to message it. That, that that that's one way to yeah. message it. You can say the people who vote against this bill are voting against you know ending partisan gerrymandering and you know X Y Z other like un right. you know non controversial good government things. But then they'll say, no, 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 I voted against it because public financing of elections is big, bad socialism. And like that's going to be plausible to a critical mass of voters. And that, that's why I have a problem putting Democratic wish list things in the same bill with non-controversial good government things. I, I think we, we have time to do both. 
I mean, Joe Biden's been elected for 58 days. Or yep. I'm sorry, what the fuck did I say? 60? I don't no. remember what the hell it says. 50-something. 58 days, yeah, it's 58 days. And, um, you know, we have time to do that. I know that we only have, I believe it's uh, two more bites at the, um, uh, oh, shit, budget reconciliation. Budget reconciliation. reconciliation. Yep. Um, Apple. And I believe that they are now lobbying the Senate parliamentarian to allow a third for some... I, 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 I heard that headline as I was like walking out of my car. Yeah, that, that's remember. like Chuck Schumer found something in the dusty arcane rules of the Senate. Right. right. <laughs> I, I, I don't know the justification for that, but like, okay, so we got two bites at the that reconciliation. So if you got to pull... So if you want to hammer through something that is going to affect the budget, like taxing the rich or shit like that, we, we got bites at that. I understand that that venue of putting legislation, the avenue of putting legislation forward and it passed. I don't see why you can't throw up like a good government bill a week and just like fucking don't vote for it, then you pricks, you know? Yeah. Yep. And um, go ahead, Phil. I'm sorry. So I'm gonna. I want to play devil's advocate here. So let's say we can't blow up the filibuster, and HR one fails, right? What? What are our steps? And I'm assuming Stacey Abrams for Georgia specifically is going to be heavily, heavily involved. But what are the steps like legally in Georgia to get that shit overturned? Is that even possible? Well, you the would, Supreme Court, I don't know. You would go well. The 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 steps to get that overturned, I think, are already in motion, and that's the case. Oh, they've already, yeah, they've already. I mean, I assume so. Not not Georgia specifically, but the the precedent that will control whether we can get that overturned in Georgia is already has already been argued at the Supreme Court, Uh, and that's an Arizona case where the. Can you please explain that a little bit okay. better? Like, explain so, that because we we're coming back to that now, and and um, I, I I I skimmed it before we started this, but I know you you know law law it out there, buddy. So Arizona passed. Put big, your big law wiener out. Arizona <laughs> passed a big spate of laws with with their Republican controlled legislature passed a big spate of laws um, in order that, that are aimed at making it harder for Democratic aligned constituencies to vote. Um, chief among them being um, a prohibition on ballot harvesting, uh, as they term it, which is basically allowing a an organization or a community leader or something like that to go around and collect everybody's absentee or mail-in ballots and make sure they get mailed. Now, which which would help out people like the elderly, the infirmed. You know, people. You know, this is not this is not just pure evil here. This 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 actually helps people. Now, Western states generally have uh, a more open outlook on mail-in voting. Um, for instance, Colorado, Oregon, and uh, to to name a Republican state, Utah, um, allow anyone who wants to for any reason to vote by mail. Yes. Yep. Um, and and, and as it should those, be. And a couple of those states actually, whether you want to or not, will send you a mail-in ballot. Yes. Um, yep. Socialism, but right. in in Arizona, um, they, they they the legislature uh, in the most recent election, and I, I honestly do not know at this moment <coughs> whether these laws were proposed before or after the twenty twenty election. But um, Arizona, Joe Biden won very narrowly, and his victory there was propelled in large part by. Um, very high turnout and very heavily democratic 
margins in the heavily Native American parts of Arizona. Um, and uh, those are communities, the, the Native American and, and some um, very heavily Hispanic communities in, in southern Arizona um, rely very heavily on ballot collection efforts, the, the, the type of which are, are outlawed by uh, some of these new Arizona laws. Um, another law that, that Arizona passed that is in contention um, is a, uh, a prohibition on what Arizona used to have, which is called a, a, a permanent list. Why did you get quiet all of a sudden? You just went down a tube underwater. Yeah. I, can you still hear me? Yes, we can hear you. You just sound dumb. Yeah, you sound like you're, you're through a can. Do, do I need to log out and come back in? Do that. That, okay. that helps. It was like instant. It was really weird. Both both Phil and I were like, what the fuck just happened? I just... Get a new phone. What, what, he's a lawyer now. What, what, yeah. what are we doing? <laughs> Honestly, it sounds better than his laptop half the time. It does. It does. But uh, put in some damn headphones. It's 2021. <laughs> what are we... Yeah, I, I, I do love that there are so many podcasts that have way more money than we do that sound like garbage. Oh, yeah. And then, like, also it's fun that, like, actual news organizations that have millions of dollars can still have people like, oh, you're muted. It's down at the bottom. Okay, is this better? There we go. So, um, another, uh, another law which is under contention in Arizona um, is a prohibition on what used to be called the permanent list. Um, and that's that Arizona used to let you sign up for uh, permanent absentee voting. Hmm. So you would just register. That's cool. You would just register once and say, I want an absentee ballot. I want an absentee ballot every election. Um, and they're, nice. getting, they're, they're getting rid of that. Now, um, back in, I want to say 2009, 2010, sometime around that period, um, we had a Supreme Court decision that's called uh, United, or sorry, Shelby County versus Holder, uh, which overturned the old Section Five of the Voting Rights Act. Uh, and Section Five required that a lot of states that used to have a, a history um, of this voting is preclearance. This is the pre- yeah, preclearance, pre-clearance part. provision. It required states that had a history of <coughs> voting discrimination to get preclearance from the Justice Department before they could change, make any change to voting laws. Right. Because uh, they had a history of doing these very specific and onerous right. things. Which uh, then, as soon as the Supreme Court said, oh, voting rights... Is- racism is dumb. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're, We're done with that. Racism is we over. have moved We're beyond over. that. We fixed racism. Yeah. Racism's over. And then, like, as soon as they made that ruling, states that used to, like, have to do preclearance... Post. Oh, like a shitload of flooded of of like very voter targeted laws. voter voter laws. Um, so what's what's really left on um, of the Voting Rights Act? The the big like stick left in the Voting Rights Act is Section Two, uh, which is called the Results Test, mm-hmm. and that's that you can't enact a voting law that has a result which is disproportionately adverse to uh particular uh disadvantaged populations right so the the challenge for these arizona laws is 
an argument that they do not violate Section 2. Um, and oral argument has already happened on this lawsuit, and it seemed like the uh, court was not super sympathetic to the um, Republican Party of Arizona's intervener lawsuit. Uh, sorry, not, not a lawsuit, but intervener status in the suit. Um, and uh, the... Um, so, so it looks like those laws are probably going to be upheld, right. but it's it's just another. Our buddy Adam is popular. That's his boss again. Sorry, I'm back. No, um, unbelievable. Okay, I can't no, hear well, you. Actually, the unprofessionalism. I, actually, I, well, actually, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna defend Adam here. I uh, we did a podcast with a buddy of mine, and he literally fucking took a phone call right in the middle of it, like just start talking to okay. somebody else. It was, it was layers. Um, can you guys hear me now? Sorry, yeah, you're fine. You're fine. Okay, We're just busting your balls. Um, <laughs> just making sure you can hear me. Um, so if uh, if the Supreme Court were to rule that these Arizona laws are are, are kosher. Um, and you can do this, then that probably means that the Georgia laws stay on the books. But if they say, no, 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 these have a substantial adverse uh, impact on a marginalized population, that signifies to me that at least the majority of the, the provisions in this Georgia law are probably going to get struck down. Okay. That's good. Okay. Well, and, 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 and to Adam's, to, to further Adam's point, I have a an entire list of things I could play for you that that bolster what he is saying. Like one of the things, like if you want to go back to if you want to go back to um, 2012, you have the uh, governor. Excuse me, I'm sorry. The uh, uh, Pennsylvania House Republican leader Mike uh, Terzazzi, he gave a speech and said, like the reason uh, Mitt Romney will win Pennsylvania is because we got voter ID law done. Like they know why they're doing these laws. And then, and then later, uh, to, <laughs> further further to Adam's point, where he was talking about the uh, results clause, you know, the effect clause, uh, North Carolina's voter ID law was struck down by the Supreme Court because it um, because it was an unconstitutional effort to target African Americans with almost surgical precision. Yes. So, yep. like these things have been tested and found to be bullshit again and again and again. But they keep fucking throwing them out there because they're hoping they'll stick. And 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 with this Supreme Court, they might. You know, especially since the um, Supreme Court let the Voters' Rights Act expire in two thousand seven. Yes, I mean, and, it's, and it's not to get off into another topic, but it's the same way that they expect what they expect to overturn Roe v. Wade in the same manner. Yes. Just throw yeah. a shit ton of bullshit lawsuits at the Supreme Court, and maybe one of these days, some piece of shit is going to stick to the wall. Well, the, um, oh shit, I, I, you guys will know this, uh, was it Oklahoma that just passed an, an, an absolute, like, almost entire ban of, of abortions? I mean, and, I, I, I don't doubt that Oklahoma's done it too, but the one that I saw that did that was Arkansas. Yes. Arkansas, thank you. Yep. Um, and when asked, they said, "Yeah, we want this to get to the Supreme Court and yep. try review it. Like, we, yep. we we don't really care about abortions in the state <laughs> at this moment. We just want to kick this up the the stream of uh, you know appeals court and Supreme Court 
um, and see how that goes. Um, so th this is this is going to be a thing we have to deal with. I guess the question I want to ask you guys is just personally, like how filibuster reform curious are you? Because like me personally, I, okay, let me let me throw this out. We we know, and Adam could probably correct me when I when I when I skew off because I'm a fucking physicist and not a lawyer. But there's three reforms that are on the table. One is the like you have to talk, but you can pass it off to somebody. So that means that Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley are going to read, you know, green eggs and ham for fucking, you know, however long it takes to make sure that no woman has a right to her own body. The second one is that you have to talk. You have to just stand there and talk. You can't pass it off. And if you pass out, fall, you know, pee your pants, whatever, then, then your filibuster is done. Um, the third one, which I think is the most fun, is that the minority party who wants to sustain the filibuster has to be on the floor. At this, uh, always has to be in the House floor. So, like, if you suddenly don't have the, you know, 49 votes against the filibuster, like, they all walk off to go get lunch or something, you can just pass legislation and fuck them if they're not on the floor. I think that's a fun one. Um, that would be fun. But me personally... I'm fine with just abolishing the filibuster. First of all, let's just be very correct. We're not talking about the filibuster. The filibuster does not show up in the Senate rules. What we're talking about is a cloture vote. I'm technically correct, and that is the best kind of correct. Um, but it's just the an, amount of votes you have to have to stop debate on a certain topic and then, and then move to a vote. I'm personally fine with abolishing the filibuster all, you know, 100%, yes. because I know that people like I mean, Mitch McConnell is going to die soon. Um, he won't be the Senate Majority Leader forever, but like, yeah, look, let's just say if we abolish the filibuster, Republicans take the House and the Senate, you know, in the midterm, are they going to pass a bunch of horrendous fucking shit? Of course they are. But I'm also fine with them having to own their horrendous shit. Like, if you know, Mitch McConnell has used the filibuster to protect his, 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 his party and his caucus from having to vote for this horrendous shit. Like, vote up or down things that would really roast them in their respective states. So let them just fucking let them out there to dry. Would the Democrats be able to rail through a bunch of cool uh, um, progressive legislation before that happens? Yes. Would the Republicans use it to do absolutely horrendous things and try to drag us back to the dark ages? Yes. But I think everybody should be responsible for their vote. And just let the chips fall where they may. Yep. Yep. So I know I know that's not your point, Adam, and I just kind of kind of want to why I wanted to go first. So um, I, I am. I feel that there is in the Senate a lot of Mr. Smith goes to Washington nostalgia sympathy, and honestly, I have a little bit of that too. Um, well, and you want it to be like that. What? You kind of want it to be like that. You yeah. want those guys to to want to like really dig down and and lobby for what they love and, and, and care about and, you know, fucking put some, put some sweat in the game. Like, was it Strom Thurmond used to pee from the floor, off the floor into a bucket? That's gangster. He might yeah, be a racist no, asshole, like, but that's gangster. I, I think that, and, and, you know, anybody who wants to correct me can, but I, I feel like the, the third option is the one that is the most historically Bless supported. You. Excuse me. And that's that debate is infinite. Unless uh, a, a a cloture motion succeeds, and a cloture motion succeeds when there are not forty one votes to oppose it, right? So, anytime a cloture motion is made, 
and there are not 31 votes present to vote no, the cloture motion succeeds. There you go. I, I, I agree. Of, of the current reforms that are on the table that people are define palatable because um, nobody wants to talk about abolishing the filibuster because that just has it just leaves a, a bad taste in everybody's mouth because a they don't understand what it means and b they're not a, a you know a nihilist like I am but I think that third option is fun God that would be fun I want to see them drag fucking Ted Cruz out of his goddamn office bed and like make him stand there in his pajamas wait until Ted Cruz is in Cancun and then <laughs> yeah yes. yeah oh, sorry hey look at that. Yeah, you know, tanned fuck. Also, can we just talk a little fucking bit? haircut? God damn it! I I did not notice that. Rachel, my wife, Rachel pointed that out. For those listeners who don't know who Rachel is, Rachel's my wife. She was like, uh, "We need to talk about Ted Cruz's haircut." I was like, "What are you talking about? Like, he's got a beard. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of creepy." No. Yeah, he he got mm. the the alt right sideburn shaved mullet oh, thing going oh on. My God, it's just so. So, so now, bad. And now, it, can we also talk about them standing in the bushes at the border like they were goddamn dog the bounty hunter? Oh, his his picture next to the, the fence was just... Yeah. He was I'd watch that episode close. of Survivor. There oh, God, go. yes. Uh, fuck that, I'd watch that episode of The Running Man. <laughs> Get them all out there in flak jackets, make them think they're cool, and they'll be like, just fire off a shotgun, and be like, you got 40 minutes, go. Just bring out some beefy guys with like chainsaws and like yes. harpoons and stuff. Don't yeah. even make them real. Just like really, really glam it up. I see Ted Cruz just just pound off into the bushes in, in the Rio Grande Valley trying to save his. I would pay to, to watch save. him try to run. Well, one hundred percent. What was it? Oh no, uh, Adam. I'm going to call you on this. Adam once said on this podcast. I would make a maximum donation to Donald Trump's uh, Donald Trump's uh, election campaign if he did one push-up. <laughs> yeah, that was back when uh, Joe Biden and he were talking about fighting each other, and I stand by my statement then that I would definitely buy the pay-per-view of Donald Trump and Joe Biden boxing, 1, whether they're you know whether I, Joe I Biden's in office else. or not. I will point out that to this day I have no evidence of Donald Trump ever doing a push-up. No, nobody does. No, nobody does. No. Never gonna happen. Ever. No. Alright, guys. Well, I think we should wrap this up. Do you guys have any fun anything we're watching? Like I know we're we're wrapping up this pandemic. We're getting to go outside a little bit more. Anything you guys are like streaming, like really into? We're on so, a uh, um Go ahead, Phil. The the wife is on a, a very large investigation discovery murder show kick right now. Oh those are good. Those are good. Um and I just feel like unless it is specifically titled like in the Midwest or in America, it's in Canada. And I, yeah. you know, you, you get a lot of that. You, you think of Canada as just these maple syrup sucking hockey fans who really enjoy beer. Um, and there's some crazy, crazy motherfuckers up there. One one of the shows you should watch if like it 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 gave Rachel and I like pause is the, you know you have these like cop shows where it's like, you know Alaskan troopers and shit like that, yeah. like 
the last the uh, Canadian version of that is real fucking weird because it's like they're really just a guy, a gun out in the middle of fuck nowhere, and they're like, yeah, I got a disturbance call over here. We're gonna go to the front of the house and scream at him for a while, make sure he knows we're there. And like the the cameraman's like, why? He's like, cause he'll shoot us if we don't. <laughs> like, like he's like, uh, he's got a big deer rifle and he'll blow a hole in you if you don't leave. He doesn't know you're coming. It's like, and the, and the, like the the cameraman's like fucking scared shitless, and the you know the Canadians troopers like, yeah, it's just it's Tuesday. Oh, that's, yeah, that's I don't know why you're sitting your pants here, boy. Yeah. So Adam, what 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 are, what are we into? So uh, lately, I have been watching, and it's not a new show. I, I will preface, um, but I have been watching uh, the Terror. Ooh, I have watched that. That is that is delicious. That's a great show. I I had the pleasure of reading the book first. And Ooh, I haven't heard this. Was it good? It is. Yes, it, I, I would say the the book is better than the show. Uh, the show is very good, though. Um, but the book is has the distinction of being the only book I've ever read where the fact that it moves slowly adds to it. Because oh, nice. touch. So the um, the terror is about it's it's a like sci-fi horror adaptation of a historical fiction, and it's it's about the the Sir John Franklin. Uh, discovery expedition to try and find the Northwest Passage in the 1840s. Um, and it would, the, there were two ships, the, the Terror and the Erebus, and they were both lost with all hands. They got caught in pack ice, and the, the, the now, entire crews of both ships died. But now, Let's be very clear. They were going to try to find a pathway through the broken ice during the summer through the, uh, the North Pole. Or Arctic Circle. Right. And they, pl- and they planned... To, to at some point they were probably going to get frozen in the ice. It was going to get cold enough that the ice would just freeze around the ships and they would just fucking stay there until it thawed. Right. But That's how batshit crazy well, this plan was. Their, their problem was that the um, the summer between the the two... the Their problem was that... I believe it was 1847, but that summer... The problem was they planned to get frozen in the goddamn market circle well, for a while. But they're, they're, that was the problem. Their problem with that plan is that normally, the the pack ice in the Arctic labyrinth, as they called it, yeah, would break up in the summer. But the summer of eighteen forty seven, I believe, was the year, was unusually cold, and the pack ice never broke up. So the, right, so they got stuck. A summer, a winter, a summer, and then another winter. Um, yeah, and then that's why the the expedition was lost. On but, on paper. You know, even Justin, who grew up in the eighteen whatevers, would have been like, "This is horseshit. We're not doing this. This is dumb." But the in the in the show, they add a like supernatural suspense horror aspect to it. To while they're caught in the pack ice, there's this supernatural monster that is stalking the yeah. crew. Um, they ba- they basically they kill a native that lives on the ice, and their protector. Slash spirit animal, whatever you'd like to, to describe it, is, is unleashed. Absolutely. Is unleashed now yeah. because his the, the 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 person who controlled him is dead. Yeah, so he goes ape shit on the on the on the crew, and it is awesome. Um, but the the book is so good because it is so slow because it just it just amplifies the aesthetics of this book, which is just that it is bleak and it is slow and nothing is happening. And this terror, this horror is slowly building and it just, uh, it, the book is incredible and everybody needs to read it. Season two. Of oh, the show, I'll have to pick that up. 
season two of the show is extremely confusing and has nothing to do with season one. It's it's a Japanese internment camp during World War II, and like the bad guy's completely different. And I'm not even sure why this is the same show, but it yeah, yeah. it's it, it it's uh, about some kind of a Japanese. Uh demon that's attached to uh, a woman and and it's 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 very not at at all connected but i i watched uh i watched the first season of terror here in the uh you know in chicagoland we had snow on the ground it was fucking pointed as hell i had a i had a, a very stout drink in my hand the whole time and i was still a little bit panicked to watch them just like sail into the ice and get stuck there i was like this is this is this this plane's horse shit from the way from the word go uh, I'm not. I'm not a fan. I don't like this. I, I was. I was really unsettled by the whole idea that they were just like, "Oh, we're gonna get frozen here for a couple months. We're gonna fine. Again. We'll be fine." So what? Yeah. What is this well, on, Adam? Because this sounds really intriguing. It was on TNT. I believe, uh, right? No, it's it's an AMC show. It is on AMC. Hulu. Okay. Alien, yeah. Cool. Well, and one one of the complications that is, I think, great and very spot on and realistic is that, like, they plan to be stuck for these many months, so they, they plan with provisions for all of it, but they, of course, bought from the lowest guy, and the tins that they keep the food in, they they learn later, like, is seeping into the food, like, it's poisoning them. Mm. So, like, so they start to be, like, they start to, like, the, the crew starts to realize what's going on, so they're like, all right, we're hungry, now are we that hungry? And you know they oh, they, they hunt, try to they they hunt on the ice for a while. They you know they do everything, but it, it's really it's it's um it's 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 a uh, oh god it's it's uh I, I have to, it was it was a, it's a good show. God, it's bleak. Adam's right. It's bleak. It's slow, and it's uh I think the addition I didn't know the book had, did not have the supernatural supernatural uh, edition. But no, 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 it, it does. The, the supernatural is not an addition to the show from the book. It's an addition. Oh, okay. It's an addition to the book and the show from like what I assume is reality. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, man, that'd be badass. If someone came back, it's like, no, there really was a killer polar bear that was a ghost and it fucked our shit up. But um, like no one believed no. us, but I swear yeah, to right, God. Right, right, Um, The one thing that sh- uh, I've been watching that's super fun, and uh, I know Shay and I have told you guys that like all these CW shows are uh, they're super silly, they're always fun. The new one is uh, Superman and Lois, and mm. so they take the Superman from the CW continuality, and he he and Lois move back to Smallville to like you know resettle and like. You know, reconnect and all this shit. But they have kids. They have twins. Now, of course, the twins are going to get powers, which is the conflict. But the best part of the whole fucking thing is when the kids, when the twins realize that their dad's Superman, they're like, they're all up his ass, like, you were always gone. You were never around. You were never here to help us. And, like, shit, my brother and I have already talked about this. It's like, your dad's fucking Superman, you little shit. Get over it. Yeah. Yeah, and and then you have to think like when 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 uh, Clark was guilted to sitting through their six uh, their sixth grade play, like how many people died while he sat there for an hour and a half? <laughs> yeah, like there were little teacups or whatever, there were trees or whatever in the play, and in Malaysia, you know, yeah. one hundred twenty uh, kids died in a fire that Superman could have saved them. Yeah, like it's it is the funniest take of Superman as being an absentee dad. What the shit. Speaking of CW, I did not hate the was a Green Arrow for a little bit. That's not bad. I didn't hate it. 
The Flash is fun. They're all fun. Are they good? Eh, yeah. They're okay. Yeah. They're fun. Good and subjective. I mean, do, do I mind watching, uh, uh, I can't remember the actress's name, in the Supergirl outfit? Not at all. Like, it, it's not a bad thing. Answer is no. Yeah. Rachel caught me watching that one time, and she was like, really? It's like, hey, you shut up. I got ten minutes left. Sorry. I'm almost done with this. Yeah. Yeah. And then she watched some other show, and she's like, this is this, this god, this, 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 uh, uh, oh, God, what? he was a, a robots instructor, and he looked like a Greek god, and she was just watching. She, I was like, what, what are we doing here? She's Jason, like, oh, this is. Jason Momoa uh, on a Tuesday. Yeah, and she was like, oh, this is this part of the story. I was like, you shut up. You shut up. <laughs> well, no, shut up. At least I understand my, my, my CW shows are stupid. Don't try to, don't try to backpedal here. <laughs> All right. Anyway, guys, uh, I guess we should wrap this up. I, don't, I haven't been paying attention to how long we're going here. Two and a half. We got almost two hours. Yeah. Um, I appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, I hope you guys had a good time. I had a good time. Uh, Always. Just a, a, a bunch of stupid policy wonks talking about policy stuff that people don't discuss or care about, you know. But uh, I find it interesting. I, I like to have a couple of beers and discuss it. Indeed. Ooh, um, last bit, Adam. <clears throat> uh, What's up? Do you know where we finished today? And I know today was just like opening arguments, but for the, the uh, Chauvin case. I have That's not a good been question. Yeah, have not been following it. Okay. Bye. Do you have like a, a hot take of like overall how that would go, or so, sense of it as a as a so journey? This is a little. I, I mean, this is a different world than than the law that I operate in. Um, I, I do represent a lot of uh, law enforcement and correctional officers when they're sued in civil court, but yeah. uh, being criminally charged is very different than being sued civilly uh, in this context, because in the civil arena, um, law enforcement officers have uh, what's called qualified immunity. Um, And that is, it's, it's been largely expanded from, from its original context. The general idea of qualified immunity at its most basic form is that government officials shouldn't be liable for guessing wrong in an area where the law is unclear. Um, it has been expanded out. To, Especially in the heat of a moment. Right. Because the, the, the idea is that you want law enforcement to, or, or government officials who are not law enforcement, because law enforcement are not the only people who get qualified immunity. Right. Um, it really is every state or municipal actor. Um, you, you want them to you want to encourage action over inaction. So you would, you would rather they act rather than not act out of fear of civil liability. Right. Um, general. And that could, and that could be anything from like what the showing case is about, or you work at a water plant and you see that the levels of this or that are, are, you know, out of whack and you, and you, you just throw open the valve to dump the water system into the river and not put it to, let's say the population, you know, but, and then, yeah, but that, this, that might pop. Yeah. But in this case, this is a criminal charge. This is not right, a civil right, lawsuit. Right. So he does not have qualified immunity in, in a, in a criminal context. So you're looking at, and I, am not licensed to practice law in Minnesota. I don't know what the definitions of the various 
types of homicide crimes are right. in Minnesota. Um, so I can't speculate based on what I know of the facts to whether I think he's guilty or not of what of, of one crime or another. Um, but if if I were and, and the civil case did settle. Yeah, oh, yes, it's already been settled. If if I were a juror presiding, well, a judge because qualified immunity is is a, a at least under federal law is a decision for the judge to make, not a decision for the jury to make. Um, my my take is that because the the the, the question in qualified immunity is whether an officer whether the state of the law at the time the officer acts is such that a reasonable officer would know, would be on notice that what they are doing is unlawful, violates the constitution. Right. Um, the fact that this officer continued to keep his knee on this person, on this individual's back after he was on the ground, after he was subdued in handcuffs and was making verbal protestations that he was having difficulty breathing. Um, I have a hard time believing he has qualified immunity here. Yeah. So, and, and well, that was something that yeah, you, you brought up, Adam, that qualified immunity is, did you say it's only applicable in civil cases? Because I thought it applied across the board. No, no. Qualified immunity doesn't exist in a criminal law context. Okay. It is solely, okay. qualified immunity exists as a defense to a section in federal court, at least, um, sure. I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to speculate on what the role of qualified immunity is in Minnesota state law because I, sure. I am not licensed in Minnesota. Sure. But right. under federal law, um, qualified immunity exists as a defense to a Section 1983 lawsuit. Got it. Um, and in a criminal context. Section 1983 is not at issue, so it sure. doesn't it's not a defense. Okay. Well, and I, uh, Phil, have, did you watch any of it today? Were you no. So I didn't watch any of it. I read um, a little bit of the opening remarks um, and the highlights. And yeah, things. and I, I just felt like that wasn't enough. I I read some of what the defense opened with, and it just kind of, I would not have been a good juror selection for this because it just, it, it just yeah. made me very, very mad. Um, what, what I was going to say is that, that Adam is coaching, couching his words very carefully very. because Adam does, does practice law yep. and he's under a, a different statute than, than I am as a physicist yep. that does not have to worry about that. I will say from somebody who, who uh, read the highlights and, and listened to the opening statements, um, the defense, uh, the, the, I'm sorry, the prosecution did a very good job of, of painting um, the problem not as anything that um, George Floyd did himself, but the actions of the officer yes. what under, are what uh, are under uh, scrutiny. And the defense uh, immediately made it a character, uh, a, a discussion of George Floyd's character 100%. before the event happened. 100%. And that also made me very upset, too, because that has nothing fucking to do with what happened to him that day, so... Just the, the, um, the entire argument on... He was a bad guy at one point. Like, he got this, this one charge back this, you know, 10 years ago. Therefore, he deserved yeah. this there. Yeah, well, and it's... 
it's that argument. It's the, well, if he wasn't a drug addict, then he wouldn't have had the drugs in the system and his health would have been better and he wouldn't have had a heart attack. And I'm like, what? Or, and, and hear me out, you know, maybe, maybe you don't kneel on his neck for 10 minutes. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm not a doctor, so I, it's not medical advice. There, but, you know, I, um, I, I don't have the reports in front of me, but there are uh, a panel of toxicologists who have have signed on to a report that says that George Floyd would not have died with the chemicals that were in his system at the time of his death yep. if he had not been under stress and AKA you know stood on. Yes. So that that, that is something that will come up later. Um, that is something that if if you have a all caps uncle that sends you emails and Facebook <laughs> messages about this shit, you're going to hear that George Floyd would have been dead regardless and that's uh, according to people who are professionals at that which I am not. I am a, again, I am a physicist. I am not a toxicologist. So, but the people that I, I are toxicologists will, say nay. I will, um, and, and once again, I'm talking in a civil context here because I'm not a criminal defense attorney. I'm not a criminal prosecutor. I don't know jack shit about criminal law. You are a thin mint enthusiast. Uh, I am a thin mint enthusiast. Um, in civil in civil law there's a concept called the eggshell skull plaintiff and that, say that again please there's a concept called the eggshell skull plaintiff uh, okay. and that means that just because a a plaintiff was unusually susceptible to injury does not excuse you of liability so okay. let's say that like if you get in a car accident and, and there, there was a case, the, the case that gives this concept its name involved, I believe, a car accident with someone who had a, a condition uh, with regard to their head uh, that made it very fragile. And the argument that the, that the defense made was that a person in ordinary health would not have received an injury this severe from this car accident. Um, and the, the court ruling that, that essentially was the, the seminal case in this doctrine was you find, you, you take your plaintiff as you find them. Um, if okay. you, if you injured a person, you can't build a more sturdy plaintiff, right? Yeah. Someone, if you injured a person who is unusually susceptible to injury, you are still liable for the injury that occurred. Yeah. You still yeah. injured them. That's the whole yeah. fucking point. Yeah. Now I can I can I can completely you know Newton second law that one for you guys. You know action reaction yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Super basic physics. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, that that might be if if you're talking about somebody who is in a state that is self induced that made them more susceptible to injury, that might give rise to a uh, uh, a comparative negligence uh, damages offset. But, again, that doesn't exist in a criminal context. Got it. Well, I, uh, I, I will see your uh, fragile skull, and I will raise you that uh, I believe the Supreme Court of Wisconsin just ruled that if a woman has gotten herself uh, drunk intentionally, then a um, sexual assault while she was passed out cannot be considered rape because she what? intentionally got herself intoxicated. I don't believe. I'm choosing not to believe you. I haven't seen this case, what? so I'm choosing not to believe you. 
I let me. I, I saved it. No way. Yeah, it's uh, it was a. I want to say it was Wisconsin. Does does that not still? Uh, is it not still the case that the person who raped her chose to rape her? No. What? No, apparently not. I believe. I believe the way that it, it, on the books it was it was. Um... I mean, you you and I. I mean, I, I know from us all being fraternity brothers that all of the men on this podcast have gone to college uh, and have been around women who were Minnesota. I'm sorry, uh, and I have. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I have never felt a, a, an irresistible magnetism toward women who are drunk. I, I retained my own decision making ability. Yeah. Is that your experience as well? Yeah, totally. Uh, Even at my drunkest time, I did not rape. Yeah, Um, no. no. So, yeah. (laughs) Here here we go. Uh, Minnesota court uh, rules uh, felony rape charge doesn't apply if victim got willingly drunk. Um, Well, that's a big load of horse shit. Yeah, so the the Minnesota Supreme Court uh, on Wednesday ruled that uh, a man who had had sex with a woman who was passed out on his couch cannot be found guilty of felony rape because the victim got herself drunk beforehand. Apparently, in the um, uh, Minnesota um, Constitution or you know statute, it says that the person had to have been like uh, basically drugged to be considered into- too intoxicated to give consent. So that if they got themselves too drunk to give consent, it was not a problem. So therefore, the rape uh, for uh, felony rape was then pled down to like third degree sexual assault or some shit like that. Wow, sounds sounds like the Minnesota legislature's got some work to do. Well, and 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 at the end of the article, it says exactly that, Adam. It says that they are currently trying to fucking fix this. Jesus. But uh, yeah. So wow. uh, yeah, so there you go. That's just a nice little tidbit for everybody to learn about. Yeah, you know, that was fun. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah, that's good. Jesus. Yeah. I, 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 I told that to my wife, and she said, what the fuck? Read that again. And I did. I was like, I'm, I've read it four times now. It doesn't make any more sense no. the more I read it. What? I, I mean, yeah. if, if that's the way the Minnesota Constitution reads, then the, the legislature has been, I mean, it, it's inexcusable that they didn't fix it before now. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's the end of the article. It's like the legislature is currently trying to re, you know, change the wording so that if if you were just you know too incapacitated to give consent, doesn't matter how you got there, which is kind of the fucking point. Jesus, yeah. So basically, the Minnesota Constitution said if you trank dart her, that's rape. Yes. But if you you know if she just happened to have too many rum and cokes, then that's not yeah. God. Don't hurt. I mean, I mean, don't get me yeah. wrong. They, they got it half right. The, the first part of what you just said is correct. Yeah. No, yeah. If you shoot somebody in the neck with a tranquilizer dart and then have sex with them, that is right. You, you know, got a dart solid. in your neck. Yeah. Yeah. Not to make light of, you know. To no. Grow, you know, wow. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I was kind of floored by that. And, 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 and Adam talking about, you know, building a better, uh, you know, consent there. It was, made me think of that. Wow. Sorry to leave you guys on such a. Oh, actually, let me change the turn. Let me change the topic here. Give you guys an upbeat thing. We're we're coming up on two hours, but I, I guess we have to talk about this just so we can laugh. Donald Trump is going to create his own social media network in two to three months. Can't wait. Yeah, can't fucking wait. I want to. I want to know who's hosting this bullshit. So, who? 
Whose is going to fall on its face first, his or Mike Lindell's? Wait, Mike Lindell has social media. Wait a minute, is he going to do one too? Oh, yes. All right, this is news to me. Oh, yes. Let me, uh, give me a moment. Because the, the name of his is just top notch. Oh. Okay, Phil, I will, what do you want to bet me? I, I will bet that Trump's lasts longer than Lindell's. Oh, 100%. I would bet that. I would, yeah, yeah. Uh, it will be called, and it's apparently like set to launch, called Frank. Oh, that's just lame. That's lame. A Trump's, Trump's is at least going to be called the Ultimate Patriot Network or something yes. cool like that. You know, TJTUP. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So apparently, uh, Corey Lewandowski was talking to somebody and said that Donald Trump is going to launch his own so- social media platform. In the next two or three months, and then he will be able to talk to his supporters directly and, I guess, gin up a uh, run for 2024, which we all know will be a uh, cash grab, and then he will not run. But uh, I did not know about this Mike Lindell thing, mm-hmm. Frank. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, I hope he sells towels with it. Uh, it'll be great. God, I almost want to make an account, but, like, I don't yeah. give oh. him more traffic. Well, and I don't know. So how sad is full circle dan bongino who bought into parlor to help them yes 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 it's still not up it's so fucking fun it's i love that amazing he brings that up a lot actually when he does his spots on like tucker and and uh sean Hannity. of course he does um yeah he brings it up all the time how he invested in free speech and nobody else invested in free speech i'd like to point out that he invested in soft nazis um because the real free speech was i believe it was gab and then that shit was full with so many uh, um, hardcore Nazis that would make Hitler blush. Yeah. And so all those people went from there to, to, to Parler. And then I guess there's See, telegrams in there somewhere. The, the thing is that Twitter and Facebook, as far as like a user interface and experience go, like are just so much better websites than Parler. Yeah. That yeah. like you won't like the the only reason you would prefer parlor over twitter or facebook is that you would get like you want to say stuff that would get you banned from twitter or facebook exactly like that's the only reason it's the whole point like the the inevitability is that those sites are going to be full of nazis because those are the only people who would not prefer twitter and facebook right and and the fun thing is like I, I believe Gab like your base your base uh, account at Gab you cannot search other like you can't search or do some other stuff like basic you know Twitter and or Facebook functions you have to apply for you have to buy a premium account to do that like it's it's such a, a fucking joke the way they've set it up what a racket but, yeah yeah it's it's hilarious it's it's a grift on top of a grift on top of a grift and then somebody has shoved a grift into that and it's 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 all silly. Age-old adage, Grifter's going to grift. Yeah, Grifter's going to grift. Well, on that note, guys, I will let you go. I really appreciate you guys coming on the podcast. I had a ball. I hope you guys did, too. Um, I don't know who doesn't want to talk about shit like this for, like, hours. It's super fun. Uh, But I enjoy it. hope you guys enjoy it, too. Always. Um, uh, As always, you can find our podcast anywhere you should be able to find your podcast. Uh, My lazy ass will put it up on Spotify eventually. I meant to do that for, like, two weeks. But um, it will be up there. 
And uh, if you have a question or comment, you can hit us up. It's at Woodscast1776 at Twitter and Facebook. And then it's the Woodscast1776 at gmail.com. Because fuck Alex Jones. We're on all of those platforms. He is not on. We are stealing his shit. Um, all right, guys. Say goodbye to nice people. Bye, Bye nice to people. the nice people. And remember what Captain Hydra says. Seize the means of production.